No Trespassing by Krista Carmen. In the small town of Dead Oaks, trailer parks are juxtaposed with neighborhoods where the property taxes are more than most Americans' annual salaries. In these swankier districts, even the Halloween decorations are elevated to well above the standard. On Dead Oaks Drive, the pumpkins and drugstore purchase ghouls of typical New England households are replaced with elaborate mum-and-gourd displays, professionally carved jack-o'-lanterns, and pottery barn ceramic black cats. Sophie Blackwell walked her basset hound, the dog's belly coming as close to the pavement as his ears. Past the impressive houses with their impressive holiday exhibits, admiring each cornstalk adorned mailbox in turn. She had an earbud in one ear, the other a useless swinging pendulum. And after the third occurrence of skipping her audiobook back 30 seconds to listen to the missed narration of a Joe Hill novel, she gave in to the wanderings of her mind, pulled the earbud out, and shoved the iPhone into the hiking satchel slung over her shoulder. Sophie wasn't thinking about anything in particular, the latest antics of an annoying co-worker, what she would have for dinner when she got home, but with dust beginning to descend, she kept an eye out for wildlife in the large expanse of empty lots between houses and in the fields coming up on their right, sprawled behind a shallow creek where deer often socialized. There were no deer in the field today, and after letting Jigsaw sniff at an oily turkey feather, Sophie pulled at his leash to resume their trek toward the cul-de-sac they employed to reverse direction and head home. She had misjudged their timing. Sunset came around six o'clock, and it was enroaching on that hour now. In light of the impending shadows and what had happened the last time she and Jigsaw had circled the cul-de-sac, Sophie almost turned back. But she looked down at the poor Bassett, perpetually on a diet, and told herself that if he pressed forward, Jigsaw could have an extra treat before they settled in to watch American Horror Story later that evening. She tried to put their last trip around the cul-de-sac out of her mind. They'd avoided this logical turning point on the walk since the incident. It had been an evening much like this one, though with a more substantial slice of sunlight left in the day. When Sophie had stopped to let Jigsaw investigate long enough for the dog to have found it necessary to mark a few bushes. They weren't on anyone's property, but they were close, skirting the massive yard of a three-story monstrosity, the stone fire pit covered, in-ground swimming pool just visible behind the imposing structure. From across the street, startling Sophie, a shrill voice rang out from a porch. Excuse me, but did your dog just go to the bathroom in my neighbor's yard? The short woman yelling at Sophie looked to be around 60 years old and wore a tracksuit as if she herself were about to head out for an evening stroll. Sophie was torn. The dog had indeed sprayed a bit of urine over the bushes, but they hadn't been within parameters of the neighbor's lot. Her doubt over Jigsaw's culpability in the matter caused her to react with a little more force than she meant to. No, he didn't, she retorted, pulling the earbud out in a preparation for battle. Are you sure? I could have sworn I saw... Are you sure you don't need a plastic bag? The woman called. This was a different story. Jigsaw had definitely not defecated across the street from this woman's house. Sophie felt relief at finding her anger justifiable. I don't need a plastic bag because my dog did not go to the bathroom over here, Sophie yelled. The woman looked taken aback by the unfriendliness in Sophie's voice. Her next words sounded almost defensive. Well, if it's just that, we've had a lot of problems with dogs coming in from outside our neighborhood and going to the bathroom in our yards. I... She paused, and Sophie thought she might apologize. Then the woman said, Well, are you sure you don't need a plastic bag? Sophie reached into the hiking satchel, her fingers brushing the roll of biodegradable baggies she always had well stocked. Catching a hold of one, she whipped her hand out of the bag with a flourish, causing the whole roll to unwind and start whipping in the wind. 
First of all, she said in a hostile tone, I am not suffering from any shortage of poop bags. And second, my dog did not go to the bathroom in your neighbor's yard. We weren't even in your neighbor's yard. The short woman's face paled in anger, or maybe fear, and when she turned on her heel to storm into the house, her blonde bob bounced wildly. Sophie marched Jigsaw forward, determined not to be made to feel like they were trespassing, and they rounded the cul-de-sac without further incident. That had been a few weeks ago, and though Sophie still talked herself into crossing the road from her apartment to the entrance of the Dead Oaks Drive neighborhood, she hadn't worked up the nerve to venture to the end of the cul-de-sac, opting to turn around when they got to the creek in the field. It was October now, her favorite time of year, and she'd be damned if she was going to let some snooty bitch keep her from enjoying her walk. The road leading to the dead end was an obtuse curve. Jigsaw led the way, and Sophie practiced the apathetic attitude she'd present when passing the woman's house. But as they neared the end of the road, and the cul-de-sac, and the three houses situated around it came into view, Sophie squinted her eyes in confusion. The woman's home, the woman who had been ready to come to blows over some non-existent dog poop, was covered in gaudy Halloween decorations. It looked as if Party City had thrown up all over the $30,000 worth of landscaping she'd previously obsessed over. Bedsheet ghosts hung from every tree, and fake blood decals were splattered on the windows. A boogeyman with a pumpkin head towered over the handmade bird feeders that had been the previous focal points of the yard, and life-size zombies and witches stalked around the front lawn like the welcoming display of a haunted house. As Sophie drew closer, she noticed additional details. Tombstones with names she didn't recognize, not the typical R.I.P. Michael Myers one would find in a novelty shop. Cauldrons with actual liquid inside, threatening to bubble over the top and onto the pristine grass. That the woman had decorated her home in such a fashion shocked Sophie. She was having trouble believing her eyes. They were right in front of the house when Jigsaw bellowed and lunged toward a prop for a nearby zombie. Despite their previous ordeal, Sophie allowed the dog to take a few steps forward, watching him strain to get at the genuine-looking pile of gore. Jigsaw was losing control now, yipping and pulling at the leash, and Sophie's curiosity got the better of her. She stepped forward, and for a moment, the shock of the realization that the organs and blood piled at the foot of the waxy zombie were real overshadowed the pain she felt as the steel trap clamped around her ankle. She heard Jigsaw howling for a split second longer, then fell to the grass, and there was only blackness. Sophie regained consciousness, but something felt wrong. She tried to blink and realize the source of her disorientation. Her eyes were frozen open. She heard humming before the extent of her paralysis hit her and cast her eyes downward. A blonde head bobbed in movement, and she smelt a strong odor of burning candle wax. Her eyes shot to the stovetop, where a huge vat of something sat, simmering. Toenails clicked on hardwood, and Jigsaw trotted into Sophie's restricted view. She tried to reach for him, but her fingers felt the way they did before the nail technician removed the paraffin during a manicure. The woman stood. She was eye-level with Sophie and smiled in Sophie's face. I was going to make the little hound here part of your display, but you know... Against all odds, I found myself growing to like the little guy. You were going to be a girl transforming into a werewolf, but now I think you'll be part of my Hansel and Gretel display. I needed a trespassing little snoop. We hope you enjoyed your stay in Dead Oaks. Today's episode, No Trespassing, was written by Krista Carmen. Music in today's episode was Creepy, written and performed by Nicholas Creepy, along with other music courtesy of Purple Dash Planet. Join us in two weeks for the series finale of Otto's Story, The Last Tape. For more information, find us on Twitter, at Dead Oaks Podcast. <laughs>